Welcome to Reign of Grace. This program is brought to you by Reign of Grace Media Ministries, an outreach ministry of Eager Avenue Grace Church in Albany, Georgia. It is our pleasure and privilege to present to you the gospel message of the sovereign grace and glory of God in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that today's program will be a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and now for today's program. Welcome to our program. I'm glad you could join us today. And if you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, I'm going to be preaching from John chapter 10, continuing on with the theme of Christ, the shepherd of his people. And the title of the message today is The Voice of the Shepherd. And I'm taking that title from verse 27 of John 10, where the Lord said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. We're going to go back a little bit before that to get in the context of this. But what is the voice of the shepherd? Now, back in the Old Testament, before the scriptures as we know them today were brought together, the, uh, what we have in the Bible uh, from Genesis to Malachi in the Old Testament, from Matthew to Revelation in the New Testament, is the completed uh, word of God. <clears throat> the complete revelation <clears throat> that God gives to his people. And there are no new revelations. Now, let me explain this too, because it's really important that we understand this. You can get new light on what God has already revealed. But God has revealed his whole purpose and will uh, in the Bible. And that's why when we speak of revelation, not just the book of revelation, but the whole revelation of God from, from Genesis to revelation, we're talking about those things that God has uh, communicated to his people and it's complete and finished. We don't add to it. We don't take away from it. We believe the Bible. So if anybody comes to you and says, well, I've had a new revelation, don't believe that. Now, Maybe uh, you, you might ask them what do they mean by that, but I've read the, uh, I've read the Bible and uh, I study it and I'm studying what God has revealed and sometimes the Lord will give me new light on what he's already revealed. In other words, his scripture. So we go along with the prophet Isaiah that he stated in Isaiah 8.20. He says, to the law and to the testimony, and the law there is the, is the overall word of God, he said, if they speak not according to this word, there's no light in them. So if they don't, if they, if a preacher or a witness uh, speaks something in the name of the Lord that is inconsistent with the word of God, then they don't have the light of revelation. They don't have the light uh, of truth. And Christ is the light. And we're going to be talking about that. But his voice, what is his voice? Well, back in the Old Testament, before these scriptures were brought together, sometimes God did speak in an audible voice to his prophets, to his people. Uh, sometimes he spoke in dreams and visions, uh, things like that. And there were uh, miracle revelations of his word. Uh, at the baptism of Christ, there was a voice from heaven, from the Father. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. At the Mount of Transfiguration, 
he spoke. Now, this, now, all of this is before the completed revelation that we have in the Bible was brought together. And he spoke and he said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Hear his voice. Well, how do we hear his voice today? Well, the, the voice of the shepherd to the sheep is brought forth from his word as empowered by the Holy Spirit. Several times in the New Testament, in the, the gospel narratives, uh, and, and in the book of Revelation, for example, the, the Lord spoke this way, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And what he's talking about there is hearing and obeying and believing the truth. If you've got ears to hear, some, many people hear physically, but they don't hear spiritually. And of course, we know that the Bible teaches that by nature, none of us would hear spiritually because spiritually, uh, uh, by nature, as we are naturally born into this world, we are spiritually dead. <clears throat> we don't have the spiritual ears to hear the word of God, to, <clears throat> to obey it and believe it. And that's why uh, I quote 1 Corinthians 2.14 all the time. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him, uh, they're spiritually discerned. He won't hear it. He won't believe it. He won't heed it and obey it. And so that's what we're talking about, the voice of the shepherd. Well, when it comes to salvation, what is the voice of the shepherd? Well, the voice of the shepherd is the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace in the salvation of sinners by Jesus Christ as it is empowered by the Holy Spirit unto life from the dead, where the Holy Spirit in the new birth regenerates, gives life, quickens, the Bible says. A dead sinner gives him life, gives her life, uh, gives a new heart, a new spirit within, new life within, a new knowledge, uh, the gift of faith, the gift of repentance, uh, the Bible says, the, uh, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. This is Romans 1, 16 and 17. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And those who believe are those who hear the voice of the shepherd. They are the sheep. He said in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. And if you've heard his voice and by the power of the spirit have been brought to faith in Christ, and repentance of dead works and idolatry and perseverance, then you're one of his sheep. And if you don't, you're not one. If you live in a, a state of unbelief and die in that state, you're not one of his sheep. That's what he's saying here. We'll look at that. So the voice of the shepherd in salvation is the gospel to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first, the Greek also. In other words, national, uh, racial uh, barriers or divisions have no no bearing here. He says, uh, verse uh, uh, Romans 1, 17, uh, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The from faith means knowledge, truth, revealed, re, uh, given, revealed. And to faith means knowledge, uh, truth, believed. And he says, for it is as it is written, the just, the justified shall live by faith. And the justified are those sheep. Their sins are forgiven by the blood of Christ. They cannot be charged with their sins. 
Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. Who can condemn us? It's Christ that died, risen again, seated at the right hand of the Father, making ever living to make intercession for us. That's his sheep, see? And they are declared righteous in the sight of God based upon Christ's righteousness imputed to them. And if, if, if listen, if Christ died for you, that means you're one of his sheep and you will in time, in a time appointed by God, you'll hear his voice. You'll hear the gospel and you'll believe it. Well, how do you know that? Well, we read back in, in John 10, 11. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now, the question comes, for whom did Christ die? Well, false preachers will tell you he died for everybody without exception, even those who perish. But what did he say? And this is where I'll tell you, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Are you hearing what God's word says? Now, I know the, the Bible says, you know, God so loved the world, uh, he beareth the sins of the world. It's not talking about every individual in the world that has ever lived or ever will live. It's talking about God's elect, God, Christ's sheep, all over this known world. Jew and Gentile. Uh, uh, out of every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation, the Bible says. <clears throat> and they're all over the world. And this world is saved through them. A remnant according to the election of grace. So he said he gave his life for the sheep. He said, uh, he's speaking here, he said in verse 14, John 10, 14, I'm the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and am known of mine. I know who they are, Christ said. Their names were written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. They're written upon his heart, uh, his breastplate like the high priest, his shoulders. Their salvation was conditioned on him. And he says, in verse 15, he says, As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. How many times would he have to say it to get people to understand this? Do you have ears to hear? He laid down his life for the sheep. And he says in verse 16, now listen to this. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, the voice of the shepherd, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Christ is the only way of salvation. He's the, great, he's the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd who gave his life for the sheep and he's going to bring them into the fold. He bought the sheep by the, with the price of his blood. He redeemed them. He was their surety, their substitute, their redeemer. And so he says in verse 17, Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. He's speaking of his death, his burial, his resurrection for the sheep. And his, this was a product of his father's love both for him and for the sheep. God's elect. There's no love from God outside of Christ. Understand that. And so he said, listen to this, verse 18. He says, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Now that's covenant language. Before the foundation of the world, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit entered into that covenant relationship. The Father choosing his people, his elect, his sheep, 
giving them to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, making Christ their surety, having all of their sins, even before the world began, laid upon him. He, he bore our, the, the iniquities of his people. By his stripes they are healed. And Christ agreed willingly to come and do what was necessary to secure the salvation of his sheep. And that includes their justification based upon his righteousness imputed, the, the merit of his obedience unto death. And that also includes the giving of life in the new birth. So the righteousness of Christ, the merit of his obedience unto death, is the ground of their salvation, the ground of their justification. But it is also the source and the power of their new birth, their regeneration and conversion. And that is testified of in his resurrection from the dead. As the sins of his sheep were imputed to him and demanded his death under the wrath of, the, of God in their place as their substitute, as their redeemer, he drank their damnation dry. He drank the cup of wrath empty, not one drop left. And he established a perfect righteousness whereby God is enabled to be both a just God and a merciful Savior in their salvation. And, to, and the, the sign of that, the, the, of the success of that, is his resurrection from the dead. As sin demands uh, death, righteousness demands life. And having their Christ's righteousness imputed to them, they must be brought to life. And that's what he says here when he says, other sheep I have which are not of this Jewish fold. There's a God's elect among the Jews, and he, but there's also God's elect among the Gentiles, sheep. He said, I must bring them. They're righteous. They're forgiven. And, and he says in ver verse 8, he said, I lay it down to myself. Christ was not forced to go to the cross. He went willingly. And he told him, he said, nobody takes this from me. I give it willingly. This is what he came to do. In, in the eyes of, of sinful men, sinful mankind, it was murder. We meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And that's what he did. He said they did, they did no more than what God had foreordained for them to do. Well, look at verse 19. Now, when he said these things, there was a division, therefore, again, among the Jews for these sayings. They divided. They, they, you know, the things that he said... And it says, and many of them said, he hath a devil and he's mad. He's, he's gone crazy. Why hear you him? Why are you even listening to this man? And others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Can a devil give sight to the blind? Verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch and then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? How long do you hold us in suspense? If thou be the Christ, if you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them. He said, I told you, and you believe not. I've already told you. And I, I've got a list here that, I, that I, I made just going through the book of John alone. And you know, I, I hear people talk about, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. He never claimed to be the Messiah. What did he tell them? Well, he told them earlier on, he said, I'm the one who came from heaven. 
He wasn't of the earth. Now, his humanity was conceived on earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. But in his deity, he came from heaven. And that's what the Messiah was, both God and man. I'm going to preach on that in, in uh, the next week, Lord willing. He told them that whosoever believed on him has eternal life. I couldn't say that. that if you believe on me, I don't have the power to give eternal life. But he did. Christ did and does. He said, I'm the unique son of God. The only son of God. He said this. He, said, he told them this. He said, I'll judge all humanity. Now, who's going to judge all humanity? God manifest in the flesh, the Messiah. He told them this. He said, all should honor me just as they honor God, just as they honor God the Father. Now, I can't tell, uh, if I said that, I'd be a liar. If I said, if you honor me, honor me just as you honor God the Father. No, I'm a sinner saved by grace. My righteousness is, is the righteousness of Christ. And he saved me by his grace. I honor him. He that honoreth the Son honoreth the Father. And, you, and, and if you don't honor the Son, you don't honor the Father. Here's another thing he told them. He told them that the scriptures all spoke of him. Remember back in John 5, 39, I believe it is, he said, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. Only the Messiah could say that. Only God manifest in the flesh could say that. And listen to this. He told them this back in John 7. He said, I perfectly reveal God the Father. Wow. What a statement. A, a man on earth can say, I perfectly reveal God the Father. Well, who could say that? But he who is God, the Son, manifest in the flesh, the Messiah. You see, he said, I've told you these things and you didn't believe them. Let, let's go on with this, though. He said this in John 8. He said, I always please God and never sin. <laughs> no mere human being could say that. Not even a sinner saved by grace. I heard a preacher say one time, talking about union with Christ, and we are in union with Christ. And it's a beautiful union. It's a saving union. But he made this statement. He said, because I'm in union with Christ, I can say I have never sinned. That's a lie. I have sinned. I am a sinner. But I'm a sinner saved by grace. Only a sinner saved by grace. But Jesus Christ, the God-man, the Messiah, is the only one who could say, I've done the will of God perfectly. I've always pleased God, the Father, and I have never sinned. Now, he told them that. And they didn't believe him. Over in John chapter 8, he also said, I'm uniquely sent from God. I can say I'm sent from God as a preacher of the gospel, but sent from God from heaven? God said through Isaiah, I send forth my I bring near my righteousness. That's Christ. That's the Messiah. Listen to this in John 8 that he said. He told them this. He said, before Abraham was... I am. Now that's the only that's language that only the Messiah, who is God manifest in the flesh, could use. The eternal Son of God, the, uh, as the Book of Revelation says, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, who was and is and always will be. That's the I am. How many I am statements? 
did Christ make concerning his Messiahship? Over in John 9, he made this statement. He told him this. He said, I'm the son of man prophesied by Daniel. Well, the son of man prophesied by Daniel, that term son of man there in that context is the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, the Lord our righteousness. And then over in John chapter 10, as we've read just now, he said, I've told you I will raise myself from the dead. Listen to it again. Verse eight, uh, verse 17, he said, Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. He raised himself from the dead. Think about that. No man taketh it from me. And then he, he said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door to the sheepfold. I'm the good shepherd. All of that. Well, look back. He says in verse 24, uh, he says, he says, Jesus, or verse 25, Jesus answered, I told you, you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. All of the miracles, all of the preaching that he did, and then ultimately what he accomplished on the cross bore witness of who he is. He's the Messiah. He went to the cross for the sins of his people. He died having those sins imputed, charged to him, remaining incorruptible, the impeccable Jesus. Had, knew no sin, had no sin, could not sin, walked among sinners, but was not contaminated with their sin. He was made sin, but only by the legal charging, accounting of the debt of their sins to his person. And he went to the cross, he suffered, he bled, he died, and he was raised again because of their justification. And he said, these works bear witness of me. Even though he hadn't gone to the cross yet, he did say, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That's the work of the Messiah. But listen to verse 26. He says, but you believe not because you're not of my sheep. He said, as I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. You're not of my sheep, he said. Now notice the wording in verse 26. But you believe not. Why don't you believe? Because you're not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. Notice he didn't say, you're not of my sheep because you believe not. Believing is the gift of God. Faith in Christ in the way of receiving him and believing him, that's the gift of God given to his people from Christ by the power of the Spirit. Believing does not make a person a sheep. They're already a sheep. But before they are brought to faith in Christ, they're lost sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. You remember that? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. Lost sheep among the Gentiles. But when God sends his son and he finds them, he knows where they are and he knows their name, and he pulls them out of the world into the sheepfold by the work of the Spirit through the preaching of the gospel, his voice empowered by the Spirit, now they're found sheep. Now they're revealed to be his sheep. The only way you know that you're a sheep and not a goat is when you hear his voice through the preaching of the gospel 
And here's what he says. Look at it, verse 27 again. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. Verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life. Eternal life is a gift from God. And John 17 tells us this. I believe it's verse 2. He says, this is life. Verse 2 or 3, I can't remember. But it says, this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. He says, they know, I know them and they follow me. They, follow, they won't follow another. And he says, and I give unto them eternal life, verse 28, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That's eternal security based upon the blood and righteousness of Christ, the shepherd of the sheep. What is insured? Their whole eternal well-being, their justification before God, their sanctification, their regeneration, their conversion, their preservation, and their glorification. They cannot be lost ever again. I was talking to a false preacher one time who believes that a person can lose, be saved and then lost, and he used this verse. And here's what he said. It says, Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. In other words, he says, man can't not do it, but Satan can, he said. Oh, my friend, what, what heresy. First of all, if you look in your King James Version, the word man is in italics. So it's not, it's not really saying any man pluck them out of my hand. It's saying, it says, neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. And any includes the devil. Satan cannot... Make a saved sinner lost. And, then, and John clears that up so beautifully in, in 1 John 2, 19, when he talks about they went out from us, but had they been of us, they would have no doubt remained with us, but they went out that it might be made manifest that they never were of us. A person who, in my view, has a good profession and looks like they're saved, but then turns totally away from it and against it and leaves it? What does the Bible tell me to, to do, to think about that? Well, they've never, they never were saved. That's what, it, that's what it says. And so Christ says in verse 30, now listen to this. He's telling him this. I and my Father are one. Are one. I and my Father are one. He's the Messiah. He's the shepherd of the sheep. And salvation comes to us spiritually and experientially when we hear his voice in the power of the Spirit. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. He gives unto them eternal life. They'll never perish. I hope you'll join us next week for another message from God's Word. We are glad you could join us for another edition of Reign of Grace. This program is brought to you by Reign of Grace Media Ministries, an outreach ministry of Eager Avenue Grace Church in Albany, Georgia. To receive a copy of today's program or to learn more about Reign of Grace Media Ministries or Eager Avenue Grace Church, write us at 1102 Eager Drive, Albany, Georgia, 31707. Contact us by phone at 229-432-6969 or 
email us through our website at www.theletterrofgrace.com. Thank you again for listening today, and may the Lord be with you.